A quick hello and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Mad Singers. You got yeah, unfort unfortunately, I'm not the singer here, but uh, that is life. I, I don't know. With that big, deep voice, you could probably do a decent song there, couldn't you? Not really, no. Um, I was I talking to David Amerland about people who can sing and people who can't, and he was telling me that it's to do with being able to predict the next note rather than physical ability. I, I am I'm the least musical-ish human being on planet Earth, I think. Uh, no rhythm in my body and, yeah. Oh, okay. None of all that stuff. I, I didn't really kind of remember everything he said, but David was saying basically all music's all to do with prediction. In fact, the human brain in general is, is tend, tends to work on the idea of prediction. You will tend to be more skilled on something you can predict. Yeah. But that's not the point today. The point today, and we'll start off with your brand set, which is always kind of what I start with. My obsession, nobody else is interested, but I don't care. The podcast update, the podcast um, knowledge panel update of a couple of weeks ago, I published an article in Search Engine Land all about that. And your podcast, the Mad Singers Management Podcast, comes up with a knowledge panel from now it would be a couple of weeks ago. Uh, did you know about that? I did. I'm spying on my knowledge panel ever since I spoke with you at the last SEO Mastery Summit, which was in September. So Right. And, and that looks pretty good. Uh, I like your, your knowledge panel. Th these, basically, they've come out, and it's just the description and the title with potentially some related podcasts underneath, which you don't get, but you will probably will. And over time, I think in the, in the next kind of few months, we're going to start to be able to add more information to these, but that's something that's going to develop. But then I looked in the news column, the news vertical, and the first result is 34 best podcasts to listen to in 2021. What do you think of that? Um, I, I thought I was just the best. I didn't know I was the 34 best. But, uh, <laughs> well, one of the 34 best podcasts to listen to in whatever year it was, was it 2021 or 2022? 2021 uh, is Mad Singers. And I would hope that with Jason Barnard would have been in there, but it's not in that list, whereas yours is. And I'm deeply disappointed. Someday, some way. Brilliant. But today we're talking about how to delegate effectively. This has to be one of the shortest titles we've had. And you've just told me that you're incredibly verbose. And for a short title, you've got a lot to say. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I think um, I think when, when there's a lot of good stuff to share, you might as well share. So. Brilliant. Well, I mean, one of the things I've been mean, talking to you is you've, you, you travel around the world. You don't have a home. You're a digital nomad. And basically, you delegate. And that's how you do it. So you're the master of delegating, and it's allowed you to live a life of happiness and hotels, living in hotels and Airbnbs? I'm, I'm, I'm not sure happiness and hotels necessarily go hand in hand, but I would say <laughs> I've, uh, I've, I've had years where I spend more than 200 days a year in a hotel, and, and I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of hotels, but uh, yeah, Airbnbs, but particularly when you go somewhere for longer periods, is, is definitely much more my style. So. Yeah, right. but but yeah, as as you say, I mean, I've 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 built six different companies now, and I host a bunch of stuff in the SEO world. So I have a SEO conference, the SEO Mastery Summit. I do lots of cool stuff. We have an in-house SEO team that primarily just build our own sites and flip sites and 
make money that way. Uh, I have a big outsourcing company as well, and so on. So lots of lots of interesting stuff. Uh, my main passion, though, is is really around sort of management, coaching, and consulting. And the the problem most people have all the time is the fact that you know they get promoted into positions of management with no training and no support. And it happens. I mean, I've worked in some of the biggest companies in the world. And it happens in some of the biggest places. It happens in some of the smallest places. Right. But, but fundamentally, it's one of those places. I mean, a lot of the time people look at SEO and they're like, oh, we can do all this great stuff. Reality is when you start, when you start having an employee, employees, like one of the most effective things and one of the biggest ROIs you can invest in is really incre- increasing or improving your management skills and the management skills of the managers you have. And, th- and that's what I'm here to learn is because I didn't get promoted into the management position. I created the management position for myself by creating my own companies, which is what you've done. And you've got gazillions of employees working for you and with you, and you delegate incredibly effectively. Now, one of the problems I find is letting, I find difficult, sorry, one of the things I find difficult is letting go. Yes, that is what a lot of people find difficult. Um, Jolly good. I'm not on my own. You're not alone. You're not alone. <laughs> Definitely not. And particularly not in the world of SEO. Uh, lots and lots of very detail-oriented people that love hindering their staff in growing and developing. So, Right. Okay. You said hindering. Now, by not letting go, by not properly delegating, not trusting them, I'm hindering them. Is that correct? Right. So, so here's the thing. If you've ever worked in a company... And if you've ever been given responsibility. Now, most people who develop, and even in SEO, the way you learn SEO is not having someone hand you 70,000 processes of how to do something. Hmm. The way you learn SEO is the way you learn everything else, which is someone gives you responsibility and ownership to make something happen, and you then have to go and figure out how to do it. Right? That that is the fundamental of, of how to how to learn things, right? One of the biggest, big misconceptions there is in the online business world in general is the fact that, you know, put things into a process, hire someone and just tell them to do exactly that one thing, right? So the, the problem is when when you delegate tasks versus delegating responsibilities, it mm-hmm. it it leaves, a, I mean, it's worlds apart, right? And, and I mean, I've run a huge outsourcing company and one of the biggest things we've always seen in, in terms of people getting the most out of their, their workforce it's exactly that, right? Like people are so concerned with delegating tasks and not often not even sharing their ideal outcomes, right? So if we if we do a quick role play here, right? So if I ooh, 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 right, I like this. It's like being back at school. How lovely! Exactly, exactly. So if I'm like, hey, Jason, you know, uh, here's a process of how we run Calicube Tuesday. You know, can you sit down, look at that, and figure out how to do it and just get it done, right? Right. And the thing is, what will happen is you sit down, you look at it, you get it done, right? If I come to you in a, with a responsibility point of view, I, I come at a different angle and I say, Jason, you know, I love the way you communicate with people. I think you are exceptionally good at building sort of relationships and all this good stuff. And I want you to own this piece, right? I want you to be the master of Calicube Tuesday. And the objective, the goal is to build a big audience it's to make sure that we get a lot of reach and it's to make sure that we really uh, inform people about brand service, right? Now, the difference between those two ways of doing it is huge, right? And particularly for the receiver, 
Right. Okay. We'll come back to that because the first thing that strikes me is, I mean, I'm, I'm now working with a small team and mm -hmm. we're working on this task-based system that you just described as being absolute rubbish. Um, but the idea from my perspective was saying, I have a set of tasks that I have to do every week. If I can just create a process, I can then just give that task to somebody else. Yes. So from my perspective, it was saying, let, let's, let's create some time for myself by giving a whole series or the, a series of, of a process that comes to a big task to somebody else. And you're saying that wouldn't have been the way to do it or that what, I can what evolve. I'm, what I'm saying is it's the way you do it. So give me an example of a task that you have delegated recently. Setting up CaliCube Tuesdays on Crunchbase. Right. So the, the, the whole thing here is that if people feel you're just giving them tasks, if they're if you're like click this button 27 times every day, like that doesn't motivate people. No. When you tell people directly, I want you to be responsible. I want you to own this area, like this piece. Right. You, you having a process is still good. You can still say, you know, this is the process. This is how we do it right now. Now, if you can find a better way to do it, great because oh. you're a smart human being and so on. But the whole thing is that the, the focus and the ownership is on the outcome. It's not on do the task, right? So it's not sit down, click this button 27 times. It's like, I want you to be responsible for making sure that we are published every week. I want you to make sure that, you know, we have show notes that really engage the audience every week or something like that. So the, the whole point is, it doesn't take a significant change in your approach, but it's really making it clear to people that you're giving them ownership and that you're giving them responsibility, not just giving them a manual and saying, follow this manual and do nothing mm -hmm. else. Right. But okay, in that case, what you can also do is, as you said, say, this is the process as we currently have it. This is the manual. Take this manual and improve it. Yeah. So, and so. Yeah, and, 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 but you can't just say improve it because there's no goal. You have to right, say improve so, it to hit this goal. Exactly. And and the whole I'm thing is, the, the, the whole thing with this is is the fact that people are when when people are giving out tasks, the, the one complaint every SEO have is they're like, Oh, my staff never suggest improvements. And it's like, no, because you have given them a task. And here's the thing. They they don't, they don't start thinking creative. And the problem is as soon as, if you give them the process and say, follow this thing, as soon as something breaks, they're like, oh, Jason, Jason, what do I do? This thing doesn't look the way it looks in my paper, right? What do I do? And the only thing that happens is that a million questions end up on your desk. And if I open your Slack or however you communicate with your team, uh, I will bet that right now there's probably a whole bunch of questions sitting in there waiting to be answered. And mm -hmm. One of my golden rules is never answer questions. So, Ooh. yeah. So, so just to go into that briefly, right? The, the whole thing is that when people come to you with a with a question, they build a process in their head. Say, okay, every time I have this question, ask Jason. Every time I have this type of question, ask Jason. Now, this is why people say, well, my staff always ask me the same questions, and I'm like, yep, because they build a process in their head saying when they have this type of issue. Ask Jason. Hmm. Right? Now, here's the thing most people don't do is, one, they don't make the staff think, and two, again, they don't let the staff be responsible. So the most important thing about having people who make great decisions is making them think. So the only one rule is when people ask you a question, don't ever answer it. So what do I do instead? You ask a question back. Who? 
That that sounds kind of like one of these one of these terrible. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to say it's kind of never answer a question, just ask a question back, which is one of those really annoying conversations that I it, tend to walk out of. It is one of those really annoying conversations, and it is the only way you make people think. Okay. Right? Because if they think you always have the answer, you will always be the person answering all the, t- the messages. All right. Now, here's the thing. If you are one of these people where you have your team constantly pinging you on Slack or Skype or whatever you use, Honestly, it's because you build the process in the head to ask you every time there's a question. And yes, I know most of you guys are control freaks. You like knowing it all. But, <laughs> but here's the thing. When your staff doesn't start thinking, basically you're hindering the development. So the thing is, most of the time when you're hiring people, you're basically in a situation where you're up here and your staff is here. Mm-hmm. Right? So you hire someone new. Now, what should happen is because they do a, a limited task compared to you, over time, they should ideally get up to your level. However, what happens is when you're not developing them, you're growing and they're growing, but there's still a gap. And a lot of the time when you're in a situation where you're like, well, I don't have anyone to delegate to because my staff is not good enough. Generally, that happens because of you. It's because you have hindered their development and you are hindering their development. And the number one way to get out of that is really giving people more responsibility and ownership. Right. Right. And and does that also mean then that, I mean, obviously, kind of when people are growing into a role, they're going to make mistakes. So I have to be able to accept that there are mistakes. Those mistakes will be made. Do I just let it roll or do I go in and say, well, actually, this could have been better. Here's how we could have done it better, because that that's once again, removing the responsibility, which is wrong. So the whole thing is p- people are so focused on processes because they're very detail oriented. The whole right. question is what was the output, right? Mm-hmm. So like in SEO, for example, like so often I see people having these 800,000 processes to follow. And yes, I love Matt and do all the things is great. But but here's the thing, uh, in, in any business, there's 80-20 of a lot of stuff, right? And a lot of the time, there's also a lot of cases where it's not about you know, if you publish the podcast, like let's let's say this show, if you ran this show at ten thirty because someone accidentally scheduled one of your visitors half an hour wrong, does that mean that the whole world breaks down? No. Oh no! With with the timing, it's usually me who messes up. So, um, and then the other people have to put it right. Joanne put this one right because I got it wrong. Right, but but that that's exactly the whole thing. So the the thing is, we we all make mistakes from time to time, right? Hmm. And that's how we learn. Right now, when you give people responsibility and ownership, the, the key thing is giving the right people the right responsibility and the right people the right ownership. But the whole thing is that most people will positively surprise you when they feel empowered, when they feel the ownership. Right, and the, the problem is a lot of the time people are sitting around hoping for you to give them more. Now, for all of those out there who have had a day job ever. And one of the key things is that when you've ever had a boss who've trusted you and given you more responsibility, you have loved it because all people do, right? Most of No, sorry, there's a question. All people like responsibility. Is that true? All people like to be trusted. Right. It's not the same thing. Good point. I'm not saying they like any responsibility because if you hate sitting looking at numbers and you're being delegated finance tasks, you might not like it, but the whole concept is that like, no one wakes up in the morning wanna go do a bad job. 
Like no, no human being wakes up in the morning and say, I want to go to work and I want to do a horrible job today. Right. And, and right. sometimes people think they do, but no one does. Oh, at least I haven't met anyone that does. Right. So the, the whole, the whole concept is that people go to work to do a good job. Now, if they're being shown trust and responsibility and ownership, that is usually something people appreciate, right? Hmm. Right. No, because I, mean, I was thinking that a friend of mine I used to work with who built the CaliCube, the initial CaliCube platform with me, uh, which is now being rebuilt. And what was interesting is that he said, I don't want to decide what needs to be done. I just want to be told to go from A to B. And now you mention it, I was taking that to be he wanted to be told exactly what needed to be done, but he wasn't. He was saying, I want to know where I need to go. Let me figure out how to get there. But yeah. just, I, I don't want to organize it, but I do want responsibility for the little chunk that I'm dealing with, or the big yeah. chunk. And, and, and here's the thing. There's people who are naturally better followers than leaders, mm -hmm. and that's okay. But those people still want to be recognized. They still want to have responsibility. They still want to make an impact. So just because someone is not necessarily, uh, at least yet, uh, uh, a leader or someone that, that naturally just steps up and do stuff, it, it doesn't mean they don't want to be recognized. It doesn't mean they don't want responsibility. In fact, a lot of the time they really do, but they want to feel trusted to do it, right? Like, so some people it's like you say, oh yeah, can you go do this thing? And like, you don't even finish a sentence and they're, they're off doing it. Right. Whereas yeah. you have other people who need a lot more assurance, they'll ask a lot more questions, they want more information and details before they go at it. But whatever type of people you work with, there's, there's nothing is right or wrong. Right. The, the whole thing is that it's all about um, fundamentally making sure that you put the right people at the right type of stuff. Because and, people, yeah. Sorry to interrupt that, because I was I was on a, a podcast a few weeks ago, an entrepreneurial podcast. Uh, and talking about what I learned in Mauritius was because Mauritius didn't have qualified people for the jobs that I needed, I ended up employing people because I thought they would be good people to work with and then adapting the tasks around them, um, which worked out really, really well. And what I now realize is I actually did give them responsibility. But one thing I would say is they earned, earned in inverted commas, by doing the initial tasks as we trained them up. Basically, it built up naturally in the sense that I would then say, right now, I'm trusting you and I'm not even going to look at your work anymore. You're just going to get on with it. Yeah. And, and here's the whole thing. Like personality, attitude, mindset is so much more important. Like obviously, if you hire a developer, yes, they need to know how to code. Right. But you're much, much better hiring great people and spending more time training them and guiding them then you are hiring people who have the skills or have the experience, but aren't the right mindset and aren't the right company fit, right? And, that, and that's why, again, you're very successful with what you did, right? Because when you go and hire people, I mean, my best hires have known absolutely nothing about what they've been doing. So I hired a girl, when I started my podcast a couple of years ago, I hired a girl that used to be in HR. And I was like, right. have you ever heard of podcast? No. I'm like, great, you're going to be responsible for my podcast, right? Uh, and amazing hire because she was the right person. She had the right attitude, the right mindset. Right. Um, and, and that's what required, right? And I mean, but the initial kind of kickoff period is going to be full of mistakes, full of setbacks. And that's part and past the deal? Yeah, I mean, there's two types of things. So, for example, when I did this podcast as an example, I didn't have a podcast. Now, I right. could sit down and I could figure it all out myself. Right. 
and that will be a waste of my time because my time is everything else being equal, more valuable than anyone that works with me, right? So fundamentally, I could sit down and figure it out and I could figure out, get all the systems up running and all that kind of stuff. Or I could do what I did, which was hire someone, uh, pay them a reasonable amount of money every month and for them to go and figure out how to get it done, hmm. right? Right, okay. Now, from, from that perspective, because I mean, I've tended to work on the idea of I figure out how to do it, teach somebody else to do it, they then pick it up, that saves me time. You're laughing because that's totally stupid, isn't it? Right, so, so here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. I can promise you the CEO of IBM is not figuring out what everyone in the organization have to do and then delegating it to Right, and that's why he's paid or she's paid $55 million a year and I'm paid not $55 million a year. Slightly, slightly less, tiny <laughs> bit less. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's the focus, right? So, so the whole thing is when, when you start delegating things that you're not the expert at, that is when your life changes. Because here's the thing, even when you figure something out, build the process and then delegate it, you're still the expert that ends up with all the questions. You know what's great is when you're not the expert and all, and they come and ask you a question, you're like, you got to figure it out. And they're like, okay, I'll go figure it out. Right. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And now kind of you were talking about control freaks and, and I'm beginning to think that I'm in that um, bucket. Is that I, I kind of think, I look at it and I think, well, I, I could have done that without making that mistake because I know lots of other things from other things I've done and I'm old and very experienced. And it seems to me a pity not to stick my oar in, as it were, and try and help out. But in fact, what you're saying is it, it will happen, let it happen, the mistakes will be there, and that's part so of the process. Sometimes, sometimes people will fail. But but here's the thing, Jason. If you had never heard of link building, and I say, hey, Jason, you're a super smart guy, you're good at all these amazing things, you know, thank I you, want you. you to go and figure out how we can build some links to my website. Right. right? Now, I know as a smart guy, I could go and try and figure it out myself, or I could ask you to do it. Now, even if you had never heard of link building, I know that you could figure out how to do it. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. If I paid you a relatively significant small amount than I pay myself every hour, then- $55 million a year, please. Um, yeah, <laughs> possibly. Um, but, but if I pay you less than I pay myself, then it is much, much better use of company resources for you to figure it out than for me to figure it out. And this right. is the problem. Like when you look at most SEOs, they are the expert at everything in their business. And that is why they never build a business because really they build a, it's kind of like a small agency around themselves, which means one, try and give any of them a month holiday and see what happens. The answer mm -hmm. is nothing. Um, and, and fundamentally, I mean, they build them into, it's often a well-paid job, but it's a job they cannot leave. They cannot, they can't do anything, right? And that's not the way to go. Yeah, I mean, when I talk to kind of agencies, I mean, with CaliCube Pro, one of, the, one of the problems I'm having, I'm going to tell you all my problems, is the CaliCube platform does one job spectacularly well, which is entity optimization. But right now, within the SEO sphere, entity optimization isn't really considered to be important. It's not something you can sell to a client and get the client to give extra money for. And the agencies I've talked to have said, well, we have a really strict process that we go through. 
and we can't fit this into that process, therefore we won't use it. And I'm saying, but you're missing out on a really big chunk of your strategy. And they're saying, but the only way we can survive is to have a really strict process because it's the only way we can manage how much we're charging for the work we're doing and how much we're paying people. That's how we balance the books. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, reality is, right, like when, when you look at most agencies, again, their biggest challenge is churn. I mean, a lot of agencies really have a big trouble with churn because as soon as people are good, they're out of there. They don't particularly enjoy working there. So as soon as they have the skills to go do it on their own, they do. The second thing that most agencies have a problem with is this growth thing. So it's always the owner that's significantly better than most of the staff, or maybe they have a great SEO, right? So the, the second thing around delegation that, that people mistake is they, they try and replicate themselves. Mm. Now... Here's Sorry, that, that was an, ooh, that's interesting, as opposed to, ooh, can you stop talking? It was an, ooh, that's interesting, please keep talking. Exactly. So here's the thing. Most SEOs try and say, if I just had someone like me, I could get a lot more done. But here's the thing. Companies exist for the specialization of labor. And if you even if you could duplicate yourself, what would happen is, one, the person would most likely leave, because if they had your skill set and was not paid significant amount of money, they will probably go do it on their own. Right. So that's one thing. The second thing is the more skills, not managerial skills, but the more technical skills that centered around a single person, the more difficult they are to replace. Right, which also brings me to the question is if you say, I'm the boss of IBM, let's say, and I'm paid $55 million a year, and I have somebody who's running an entire department and that person then leaves, and they were running it in a very specific way, or they had all these delegation skills. That's a worrying situation because I then have to replace them. And while I'm replacing them, oh, mind you, I've just thought if they've delegated properly, the rest of the team can function while they're not. You're smiling because I've just figured it out. Go on, can you explain it better? Because I've just explained it. Right. So, so the whole thing is most companies don't do this, but but if any person in your operation leaves. Who's the natural replacement? Oh, right. Now, if you don't know that, you might have a problem someday. Right? Right. Particularly when it comes to management. So if you have any managers in your company, they should generally be fostering the next them. Which means if they don't show up, if they're on holiday, someone should be attending their meetings in their place. Right. So, so, it's, so it's actually, I only figured out half of it. Half of it is that everybody delegates the, to the people below them so that if that person isn't there for a while, the people can continue to function. But also, each person is training somebody to be able to replace them amongst the people they're delegating, except for the boss. See, here, here's the thing. No, including the boss. So oh, right. uh, here's the thing. Most people are afraid of having anyone know all the stuff they do because then they could just get fired. But right. here's the thing. What happens is the time you get promoted is when someone knows everything you do. That's when you get promoted. Because if right. removing you from a team means the team stop working, that means you're not promotable. You're right. only promotable the second you can get promoted and the team keeps running at least at the same or maybe even better. So the easiest way, I mean, I've done it a bunch of times corporately, right? But the, the easiest way to get promoted is make yourself uh, not needed in your existing role. 
Right. And and th- does that then bring in the, the concept that everybody is moving up as we fill up the bottom, as it were? So you're filling up the bottom of your bucket of yeah. people, which sounds horrible, and I regret saying it. As soon as it came out of my mouth, I thought the bucket of people in my company is a terrible way to describe it. But you're filling up the bottom of the bucket, and they're pushing everybody else up. And if you're totally anchored in what you're doing and irreplaceable, you're just going to stay where you are, and people are going to move around you. Exactly. Exactly. And, and what happens is in organizations that don't develop the people well, they kind of like grow like this. They grow very flat and they end up having a lot of people reporting to many, whereas the right organizations do the pyramid, right? So fundamentally what happens is that you, you have managers that automatically or people that automatically grow in their roles as the company grows. Right. But but then what, what do you do with the flat structure that people get terribly excited about because it's terribly trendy? It's saying my company works on this flat structure where nobody is anybody else's boss. So uh, <laughs> number one challenge is that if you're not clear on who can fire you or who can give you a pay rise, there's a problem. Right. The number one challenge in, in many of those businesses is the fact that if it's not very, very clear who your boss is, then, you know, who do you report to? I mean, it's great to have great people with great mindsets that come in and do really cool things. But if you look at any of the biggest growing, any of the m- most valuable companies, they all have a very solid structure and for a reason, right? Now, I'm not saying that you can't have a small structure. Now, there's a big difference between having a small structure and not wanting to grow more people-wise or having a totally flat structure. Now, here's the thing. If you're the CEO and you have 14 people reporting to you, you're not managing them well. Right. Because you don't have the time as a CEO to manage 14 people. You don't. Right. And no matter how, it's not a question of how good those people are, but the, the whole thing is that, when you're managing people, it's about enabling them and supporting them. And no matter how much time you put in, you're not going to commit enough time for the, a team that size to be the, as effective as they can. Right. Right. So, I mean, 14 people is too many to manage at one go. What, what well, kind of number are you so looking well, typically, at? What, what I typically say is if you're a CEO, somewhere between four to six is probably the peak that you should be managing directly, right? Right. If you're managing a team, I typically say 8 to 12. Now, 8 is typically if you have sort of the, the top. Sorry, like, so, can, can, sorry, just before, can we come back to one thing? You're yeah. saying 4 to 6 because the roles are going to be very uh, different, so you're trying to manage multiple no, different... No, not necessarily because of that. Uh, More because as a CEO, you have to focus a lot on strategic, you have to focus a lot of vision, you have to focus on the company. Right. Which means that if you have a manager within the business, they, they have more capacity to manage people. Okay. Whereas as a CEO, when you have higher responsibilities than, than just the people, um, not just the people, but then only people, then you need time for that as well. Right. So if if you if you have a manager within a business, I generally say eight to twelve people. Eight is Typically, the peak if you have like a marketing department where people are doing different things. So, if you're one pe- person doing PPC, one pe- person doing SEO, one person doing branding or whatever, like when you're managing people with different skill sets, it's different, right? And it's harder. If you're managing a team of 12 customer service agents, 
because they all do the same, eventually you can manage more people relatively effectively. Right. right. Okay. And, and the manager basically doesn't do the job. They're just managing the other people doing the job. So as yeah. a boss, you're calculating the cost for the whole team as opposed to per employee. And I love what you just said. One one of the simple things, and one of the things most people make mistakes with is the second you manage other people, it stops being about you. So there's a lot of managers out there who've been promoted into management situation. And the thing is, they were promoted because they were great at what they did. Right. And they keep doing a lot of what they did because that was what made them successful in the first place. However, what makes you successful as a manager is getting the most out of your people. So if you're sitting working long hours doing the work and your people are not, no good. And I'm not saying get your people to work long hours. I'm saying get yourself into a position where you don't have to do the work because you are delegating it effectively. Mm. Second, if you're trying to protect your team from burnout or working too much by doing the work for them, you're doing it wrong. Mm. Right. So the whole focus, when, as soon as you're in a managerial position, is it stops being about you. I don't care what you do. The only thing that matters is what is the result and the output from the team, right? And that is a mindset shift that can be very, very difficult to make. But fundamentally, when you look at companies, it's like a pyramid. Mm -hmm. People at the bottom is paid a certain amount of salary. The higher up you, may, you go, the more salary you're paid. Now, if you're doing a task that someone getting paid less than you could be doing, you are wasting company resources. Right. Did you hear that one, Jason? I did. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. I did. I'm doing it all wrong, of course. But uh, I mean, getting getting a lesson. I mean, I was thinking back to the team in Mauritius. I mean, what we ended up with, and I'm thinking about the numbers you were saying. Uh, at one point, I had 14 people, and I got really, really tired. Is I spent my whole entire life just managing the people, and I wanted to be the blue dog in the cartoon. That was much more fun. Um, and in the end, we ended up with six people. And in fact, what it turns out, I mean, we ended up managing 5 million visits and 60 million page views a month with content updated every month. We made a TV series and we were incredibly effective production wise. And it seemed to me at the time, however much our customer base grew, however much we wanted to produce in terms of content, we could do it. And a lot of it, as you say, is I just left them to it and I didn't actually get involved in any of the customer service stuff. I just told them generally, here are the rules, make everybody happy. I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. And, and, and that is the biggest challenge. Like I see, link building is one of the ones I see delegated a lot. And it's like, follow this process, do these specific steps. And people are like, they don't know why they're doing it. Right. Mm. And the whole thing is, how can you improve something? How can you even do your best if you don't know why you're actually doing something, right? It's very difficult. And it's, it's the most important thing. When you delegate something, even if you have a process that you go to people with, make sure they understand what is the output you're looking for. Like right. if, if you can build me 50 DR50 plus links per month, I'm a happy guy, right? If that's the output that you're looking for, great. But go the step further and say, why are these links important? Well, when we get great links, what happens is, you know, our site do better in the search engine, Google like us more, and so on. So the types of links we need is not only the F50, but it's ideally from sites that are relevant to our site and all this kind of stuff. Right? But do, do you need then necessarily to have a KPI? 
you need to say this is the result and this is how we're going to measure it? Right. Or can it just be goals, this is going to be brilliant because it's cool? Goals are important, right? And goals are important because a lot of people are driven by goals. Not everyone, but many people are driven by goals. So first of all, you want to understand like from an ROI perspective. So for example, if you hire someone to do link building, right? The difference between going out and buying the links, that will cost you X. If you hire someone in-house to do it, that will cost you Y. So you obviously need to have some kind of balance of you know how many of what kind of quality links do a full-time person need to build a month for it to be worth having them, right? Right. Now the, the thing is, most people are most people improve by being challenged. And the whole thing is that the goals works extremely well when it comes to challenges, right? Because you right. when you have great people, the, the best people in the world are motivated by challenges. So if you go to Elon Musk and say, oh, well, actually, you don't need to build a space rocket anymore. You can just build a regular car. That would not motivate him one inch. And the best people around, uh, not necessarily best as in best people, but the, the highest performers around generally want to be pushed. They want to be in a place where they have to find new ways to do things to be able to achieve it, right? And that's super important. Right. So basically it comes down to employ people who love to be challenged, give them goals, give them ownership, trust them, allow them to build out the skill set they've got to the point at which that you no longer understand what it is they're actually doing and judge them on the results, uh, which is absolutely brilliant. That's a perfect, Mads. And just really quickly, we've got a few people tuning in before we finish. We've got Craig, who said he was going to give Mads some grief, but I didn't let him. Um, because I, I care for you, Mads, and I don't want Craig giving you grief. And here we go. Um, Paul Andre, hi, Jason. Hi, Mads from the SEO video show. Absolutely delightful. Um, thank you very much. I'm going to announce next week, uh, which is actually going to be Luke Carthy coming next week on CaliCube Tuesday, striking the right balance between SEO and CRO. I met Luke in Brighton, and he's so delightful, so enthusiastic, and so cheerful. I can't wait. And tradition has it, passing the baton. Mads, please do pass the baton to Luke Carthy. Yes, I'm super excited to pass the baton to Luke, and I'm super excited to see his uh, his live as well. And uh, he is an e-commerce expert, which is excellent. It's one of the areas that I spend a lot of time in beside SEO. So super, super excited to see Luke next week. And uh, yeah. Brilliant. Thank you very much. I mean, the e-commerce aspect is something we don't have enough on on this show. I definitely need to look more into that. Thank you very much, Mads. I now know how to delegate. I know my team are watching this and they're going to give me lots of grief on Friday about how badly I'm doing. Thank you. A quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Mads. Thank you.